Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? And thank you, Jay, and greetings, everyone. Today, let's talk about the one who is preeminent yet humble, the one who sympathizes with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. We learn that from Hebrews 4.15. That one is Christ Jesus. He is our help, kind friends, and may this broadcast revive us and help you this day. And to God be the glory. Welcome to the International Gospel Hour, and again, I'm Jeff Archie. Before we begin our study today, I'd like to ask that when you have opportunity, please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com. We have a variety of tools and study guides on there that will be of help to you. You can also send us a message, comment on the broadcast, or ask for a Bible correspondence course that I'll tell you a little bit more about in a few moments. Let's now consider the one who is preeminent. You know, it has been said, with the exception of the gospel accounts, the book of Colossians is the most Christ-centered book in the New Testament. Clearly, we see from that book the Christ and His preeminence. The word preeminence is defined as to be first or to hold the first place. Indeed, Christ is the first. And we bring to mind the description of the Christ in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 11, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. For the next few moments, consider with me the preeminence of the Christ from Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. Now, as we have done in previous broadcasts, I'm going to, if you will, read a little, and then we're going to study a little. We're going to look, first of all, at how he is preeminent in salvation in verses 13 and 14, how he is preeminent in creation, verses 15 and 16, and how he is preeminent in the church, verses 17 and 18. It is our desire, dear friends, that you look upon Christ as the preeminent one, and he will make a great difference in your life, if we will but let him. First of all, we notice Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14 that reads, Concerning Christ, or concerning God about Christ, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We're reminded in Acts 4 and verse 12 concerning Christ, that neither is there salvation in any other, For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It must be salvation through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14 and verse 6. We understand from this text how that He has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. In other words, translated means brought over from one situation into another. Did you know in the New Testament that there were those that were already in the kingdom of Christ? That the kingdom of Christ has reigned since the day of Pentecost? It's also known as the church. It parallels perfectly 
He's writing to the church at Colossae here in the book of Colossians, and he tells them that they had been translated into the kingdom of his dear Son. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 15. Being into the kingdom is also parallel to being within his church, to where we find that the saved, the redeemed, are in the church. Praising God and having favor with all the people, according to Acts 2.47. And then it says, The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord adds to His church upon our obedience. It is of great interest in the Scripture to read how the church is the body of Christ. In Ephesians 1, verse 22, the Bible says that God hath put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. When we think about Christ as the church and the head of the body, Ephesians 5.23 affirms that He is the Savior of the body. So as the church is the body, and the church is comprised of the saved, then quite obviously Jesus is the Savior of the body, and He will save His church. When we talk about redemption through His blood, the parallel passage in Ephesians 1 and verse 7 that teaches we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. And that is the same blood that purchased the church, according to Acts 20 and verse 28. It's the same blood that keeps the Christian, the one walking in the light, continually cleansed of his sins, 1 John 1, 7. So with Christ as the first, no question that one's salvation should be in Christ, in his blood, in his body, in his church. Anything less or anything else is less and not what God intended. He is preeminent in salvation, and we will place our trust in His Word, His teaching, and His life to redeem us. Let me pause here before we continue our study, and let me ask, Kind listener, would you love to know more about Jesus and His salvation? Would you like to grow in the knowledge of Christ with simple Bible study on your own, with no denominational bias or man-made influence? The International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail, so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Just call us toll-free at 1-855-444-6988. That's toll-free 1-855-444-6988. And leave us your name and address, and your free Bible course will come to you as soon as possible. We are grateful to offer this, again, absolutely free, and any material that we offer through our broadcast will always be absolutely free. And may we also add that you'll never hear us ask for money from our listeners, that the International Gospel Hour is fully funded by Churches of Christ and interesting friends of our work. So let us consider these things and embrace the opportunities before us to study the Word of God. And now, let's return to our study of the preeminence of Christ. We now go back to Colossians 1, and we'll read verses 15 and 16, speaking of Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him, 
and for him. It is interesting to see that Christ is mentioned as the firstborn of every creature. Now, the word firstborn means born before, and the term is not always used as the first in order of birth. Let's consider, if you will, that David was the youngest of the children of Jesse. But in 1 Samuel 17, verses 13 and 14, which affirms he was the youngest, yet God made him his firstborn, according to Psalm 89:27. He was the one that was chosen, or the one that would be born before, or through whom Israel would have a king. Christ, indeed, was the agent, the creator. When we consider God in Genesis 1 and verse 1, that it is a plural meaning, not as God's, but as the Godhead. That in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now that's First John, or rather John 1, rather, verses 1 and 2. But listen to verse 3 concerning the Word, that being Christ. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And John 1 verse 14 affirms that the Word, Jesus Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us. Now while some do not view the Christ as the Creator, the Scriptures affirm that He is, and His deity stands forth. That brings forth a tremendous preeminence in creation, to know that He was with God, and He was of the Godhead, and as we study so many times, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, that all three work as one, but have the different personalities and what they wish to carry forth. One does not work separate of the others, that they all blend together. That brings forth the power of preeminence that God has brought forth to His people. Let's consider now verses 17 and 18 of Colossians 1 as we consider further preeminence of Christ. The Bible says, And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. Do you notice in that verse that the word church is singular? He is the head, that's singular, of the body, that's singular, the church, that is singular. The church is singular, the body is singular. This parallels perfectly with Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 as mentioned moments ago. But consider also Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. So we see that there is the singular emphasis there. Jesus Christ was given all authority by the Father. We learn that from Matthew 28 and verse 18. And there is no other foundation than the foundation, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11. As the head of the church, one cannot help but to notice the singular emphasis. I want to be a part of that church of which Christ is preeminent. Dear friends, is Jesus Christ preeminent in your life? You know all other salvation is secondary and inferior. 
Any other creation theory is secondary and inferior. Any man-made thought or a man-made thought or a church is secondary and inferior. Only the preeminent Christ stands forth with the things therein. Dear friends, let's continue our studies together. Let's think about the one who is preeminent. And let's continue our thoughts in another broadcast. Thanks for joining me on the International Gospel Hour today. I'm Jeff Archie, and keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series, by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com.